And that concludes our coverage of Princeton Arts Weekend, a four-day celebration of arts and culture at Princeton University. And now, we turn to the highlight of our show today. Vince Presti talks to Princess Margarita of Romania about her life and the Princess Margarita of Romania Foundation. Good afternoon and welcome to a special edition of Culture Corner here on WPRB. I'm Vincent Presti. Today we are honored and graced by the presence of Her Royal Highness Princess Margarita of Romania. Someone I've not seen in over 20 years yes. personally. Makes us feel old, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you look great, God bless you. <laughs> so what brings you to the United States on this trip? It was actually um, something not exactly tied to Romania. It was the Friends of the Versailles Foundation who raised money for actually Versailles who invited us over two years ago to come and uh, preside their gala dinner. So we decided to combine it with this trip here to Princeton, which my husband was very keen to come and address students and the professors, and um, to meet, um, to, to, to under undertake some other act actions because I haven't been here for a long time. I could imagine it. Yeah, and so, so that, that's really what it was about. So nothing to do with the Princess Margarita Trust or anything directly? I know, because what I've done with the Princess Margarita Rom Romania Foundation is to concentrate it in Romania. I see. So you know, after so many years of having help from abroad, now we've joined NATO, we've joined the European Union, we have to find our own resources. So I've more or less closed down the foreign branches and also we couldn't get money, you know, because people were... You know, they have other problems, Afghanistan, now Syria, earthquakes, tsunamis, all that. So Romania was not so much um, in people's focus anymore. All right. And um, what do you see for the future role of monarchy? As was discussed today, Walter Baggett, the great English historian, oh, yeah. said to unite the, unite the country in time of crisis and remind the country of its, of its past glories. <laughs> so in today's... Or to bring it further, to further glories. Um, well, today I think we have a role to play. We now have a semi-official position. It's very complicated to explain, but you, as my husband was talking about, and we, we can actually do a lot in the country through the foundation, through my husband, through my nephew, who's now moved to Romania. He's 27. Actually, he's 28. He's 28 the other day. And so now we feel that we have um, um, more authority. We've got more knowledge. And... Um, better projects and a lot of young people who want to join in the kind of values we're trying to promote. No, exactly, because back in the early 90s, the yes. issue was cultural uh, continuity, because no, the communists no, came and completely yeah, obliterated destroyed. everything. No, now it's bringing back our identity and really fighting for values such as dignity, respect, self-respect, love of one's neighbor, and, and, and those kind of things we stand for, the power of personal example, and so this is what we're working on. But of course, I'm still doing the charity work. It's, it's going to be a never-ending job. And do you see other monarchies as well involved in this in terms of maybe other countries in the, in the Balkans or in Eastern Europe? Doing. Potentially having informal roles for former monarchies? Well, yes, well, I don't know. King Simeon of, of Bulgaria was a prime minister for four years, you know, and uh, Crown Prince Alexander of Serbia and, and his wife especially are doing a lot of work in Serbia for, for their country. So we're all doing it in, in our own kind of culture-specific way. But we all have um, a big role to play, and luckily we can still do it. We have good health and hope. Since we have an audience here, is there anything you'd like to share with them? Well, I just want to thank anybody who helped Romania and that's 
um, in the past as well as now because there was a lot, a lot of generosity from the American people and from the young people and to um, give a warm welcome to our young Romanians who are here. There's a lot of very talented Excellent. young Romanians. And how's your father, King Michael? He's extremely well. He's going to be 92 and he him. still drives. <laughs> very naughty. God bless him. Any parting words or any thoughts on the future of no, monarchy just, for the world, world general? Or? Future of the monarchy? I don't know if... Um, I like to talk in such huge concepts because it, it's, it's very political, but I think the future of royal families is extremely important that we keep doing the job that we're doing and care more about our nations than ourselves. Okay. Do you think that if we had a monarchy in America, for example, so certainly multinational banking uh, institutions adopted monarchical ideas on culture and value and continuity. Some of the financial scandals wouldn't have happened because it would have been a high morality. You could say no, don't answer that. Well, I think that this country certainly could never be a, this, this United States. It's not, that's not what the basis of the United States was, same as in Switzerland. You know, it's, nowadays it's just complete. No, I, I don't. So the social stability factor even has monarchies may evolve. Well, it has to grow out of the roots of its own country. You can't impose a foreign system like what they tried to do, the Russian, no. you know, the Soviet Union did for us. You know, it has to grow out of your own roots. You have to be true to yourselves. You can't suddenly invent another system and hope it's going to be better. It doesn't work. And anything we could look forward to coming out of Romania under your guidance or too <laughs> Like any big projects, any... Well, I just think solidarity between people and self-respect and... Uh, hoping that we can go forwards economically in this time of crisis and maybe do better. And uh, so we have a great intellectual elite that's now being created and a lot of them working over here in California and Silicon Valley and a lot of people working in uh, the city of London. So we have a lot to give to the world and I'm just hoping we can help that gift to come about. Well, thank you very, very much for your time and I appreciate it. That was the Princess Margarita of Romania talking to our very own Vince Presti about her life and experiences. Having an inside view of European monarchy in the 21st century, her candid interview was insightful. It was thought-provoking. Now we turn to you, our listeners. Well, not really. We're still going to be talking, but we're opening it up to you guys. Where does monarchy fit in in the 21st century? What role do figureheads like Princess Margarita play in the development of nations? Obviously, monarchy has a really long history of violence and oppression, but as Princess Margarita talked about, it can underpin national identity and pride. So what does the future of the monarchy look like? We open it up to Vince Presti and John Cologne for a quick discussion to wrap up our show. Before I begin, I'd just like to say that I'm speaking um, as an individual with no affiliation with any institution or individual in Europe at this time. So... As we begin this discussion, I would like people to keep an open mind and to think about monarchy from a historical perspective, the value to culture, to continuity, and to keep in mind Walter Baggett's comments that a monarchy unites a, cri a country in times of crisis and also helps a country remember their past glories and has Princess Margarita modified that, hope for hopefully create new glories for the future. You know, something that I thought was really discuss uh, interesting during that discussion was, first of all, I loved 
her. She seems super cool. Oh, she's a great person. Yeah, I was she, very fortunate to work with her back a, in the 90s, too. Like, what a lovely, lovely woman. I'm sure that she does really, really good work. You know, she sounds really sincere and authentic in a really cool way. Something that I found really interesting during that discussion is this question of what what is it that a monarch does in the 21st century? Because a monarch seems very much like a sort of Walt Disney kind of thing to us, precisely because monarchies... I mean, the last 200 years have in many ways been like two two centuries of monarchies turning into, uh, you know, republics or democracies or dictatorships or at any rate other forms of government. You know, the collapse of feudalism into like different, you know, manifestations of government. And I thought that what was really cool about her was the way that she demonstrates that sort of when these people um, – no longer have to worry about managing a state and no longer have to worry about politics as such, they can do good work. I mean, it's like the Windsors in England. You know, they can they, they do a lot of charity stuff. They actually make more money for England than, than not um, because of a particular land deal that they had in 1776 about the way that they sold uh, some royal property to the government. You know, they, they actually – so it, I think that it's really interesting the way that monarchs have sort of adapted to the new politics of our century. Yes, I mean the whole system has evolved. When you think about it, at the time of the restoration attempt in ninety ninety one, in England, for example, we had hereditary peerage in the House of Lords. That has subsequently changed. So the view of the of the voice of the people is being heard and is being a factor in moving monarchy to a new role, as you said, head of state, making money for the country and helping countries project an image on the world stage. I think the cachet of Princess Margarita and Prince Radu, especially just coming to the States, for example, their involvement as the chairs of the gala dinner for the Friends of Versailles Foundation, helped bring visibility to Romania and Romanian businesses. So we have uh, sort of an amalgam of Romanian culture that's portable, that could go from country to country to corporations and represent the country and its culture in one person which is the true value of monarchy today in terms of identity. What is a national identity when there's so much emphasis on individuality between social media, consumerism, what's driving it? And, and we see these, this kind of greed and avarice and financial crises and meltdown. Everyone's rushing for money. Everybody's rushing for consumerism. Where is the value of culture and especially culture in a historical context? Right. I mean, one of the sort of iffier moments in the interview for me was when you – wondered what the United States would look like with a monarchy. And the reason I thought it was iffy was in part because I think, as she said, it has to grow out of the, the, the culture. But I think that like, that's sort of a polite way of saying that like, we, we had a revolution precisely because we didn't like monarchy in the old sense. And I think that like, one of the, I don't, obviously we have a huge problem with, you know, I would argue the current state of, um, of the way that we're that we're set up as a society as this consumerist and uber capitalistic society, and I think that like the, we have a whole host of problems that come from the fact that we've commodified people and that we have like sort of as a culture seemed to have made the decision, although no one can quite recall when the decision was made or by whom, that the only worth that something has is its monetary worth and the and that something is valuable in as much as it can make a profit. Now, in as much as a monarch. Um, represents a way of looking at the world that's different that is good but i don't think that anybody wants to go back to feudalism 
as as few, like as as it was actually articulated because I mean it was it was a different game. Before we go to that, I just like to clarify that question. Um, this interview is very impromptu, and she was very gracious to grant it to us and to me as a personal favor. But the real question was the role of monarchy on an international stage, right? In a historical context, because if you look at the European Union treaties, they were all signed by monarchs. A. B, if you go back to Brenton Woods when we were on the gold standard, the role of monarchies as heads of state stood with the elected officials as well to create stability. And the issue becomes because there is no socially defined borders for class movement, is that the impetus for these greedy hedge fund managers to go out at people like Madoff, people like Mark Dwyer, to create personas to just, I hate to use the word steal, but to uh, unleash their uh, avarice and use consumerism and use wealth as a standard for class when there should be a cultural component to class as well and an obligation of noblesse oblige which is totally lost in the younger generation. Well, this is true, but on the other hand, England has a monarchy that's beloved and that didn't stop Barclays from doing much the same thing. So well, you just, uh, well, Barclays and the monarchy in England, as you just said in an earlier statement, does not have a role to really play. They have to be very, it, it's a very fine line. Because it's not only a question of the institution itself, but we are living in a culture since political correctness when the very notion of monarchy, the word itself, is a loaded term. And how can a monarchy evolve in the 20th century if the culture that supported it and sustained it is suspect? I think that a monarch has a role to play, especially in, in countries where they're very popular, where they're very, you know, where they have a lot of, you know, uh, wealth with which to start foundations and do charities and that sort of thing. I hesitate to give them too much political power, though, precisely because it is the fact that they no longer have political power that makes them so good nowadays. I mean, I think that it's it's naive to think no matter what kind of indirect or a direct political power, because don't they still have some indirect political presence? I think very little. I think it's largely ceremonial, and I think that it's better that way. For them, not even for us, uh, because think about it. I think that no matter what kind of state you're talking about, you know, a, uh, a very laissez-faire capitalistic state or, you know, a direct democracy or a totalitarian dictatorship or, you know, what, whatever, whatever flavor of country you want, right, or, or a monarchy, the the peer the person or people you know the sort of group that runs the state necessarily is going to be nasty and real politicking and self interested because if they're doing their job well their job being the maintenance of the state you know they have to be because the state by nature by its very nature is a necessary evil but I would argue is a pretty nasty thing because it's the monopolization of power within a society you know and. And the and the and the concentration of the ability to you know to to do things like wage war or punish or execute or that sort of thing you know states so and not to mention that when states interact you know in global politics the the they they have to be cutthroat um, at least they have to be within the international system as it's been structured for pretty much all of human history so I think that a monarch is better you know a better person a better uh, sort of contributor to society when they're divorced from that need to be engaged in politics in this sort of like, you know, nasty sense. No, indeed. And I think history will be the great arbiter on this issue, whether or not monarchy will have a new role and how that role will evolve in our contemporary time. So thank you very much for your openness to add this interview and thank the princess for giving it to us. I really appreciate this favor. And that was News and Culture 
103.3 FM, WPRB. Tune in next week for another show. I'm Vince Presti. And I'm J.M. Cologne. And this is WPRB Princeton, 103.3 FM, community-supported independent radio. Stay tuned for the Week in Review with Reed Langan.